0: Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes.
1: All right, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. We uh, it's another week. Uh, we're still sheltering in place. Uh, I'm in, I'm still in waterproof at my house. Kylie's sitting. Sitting on Lake, Lake uh, Concordia down there in Faherty, aren't you, Kylie? Yeah.
0: Good that's where old
1: yeah Yeah, you better say that. That's where you're supposed to be. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Ariel's up in, up in forest still. Yeah, I'm sitting up here in forest on top of the ridge watching it rain again. Oh, my goodness. Well, we had a little sprinkle last night, but I don't think it was much. Just a few drops in
1: my house.
0: Mm, oh. probably half tenth, I think that's what my husband had said that the gauge had,
1: yeah, so it wasn't much, but it uh and the sun was shining, but it's kind of starting to cloud up a little bit. I think it's fifty percent chance today. We're not it's too wet to do anything for us here in tensaw it's uh it's sticky, some of the water furs are still wet. I talked to a producer this morning, he's jumping up and down to plant beans, but said the water
2: furs are all wet, and he's just going to wait so well, I got a call this morning from Madison and Second hand, but people are running wide open planting corn and uh and cotton. Yeah. Finish corn got one planter planting corn, one planter planting cotton, running wide open. <laughs> is, get, I don't I don't think Will's doing anything, is he, Kyle?
0: No, we'd love to be fertilizing corn and spraying and getting getting all the corn stuff finished up before we start beans, but it's too wet.
1: Yeah, we got, uh, well, uh, uh, they did finish, not, they didn't, some people, there was a bunch of corn, bunch of soybeans, excuse me, i get it right, a bunch of soybeans planted around Monterey, and uh, we had a consultant send us a picture that, uh, or he tweeted a picture of the cotton coming up in Monterey. Uh, what little wheat we got here is headed out, or heading out, it's beginning to, so uh, mm-hmm. people going to need to be aware, and if they're going, and they need to spray for scab, so Uh, if you got any wheat out, if you got any wheat, there's not much, but it, if it's, uh, if it's starting to head out, it's time to spray for scale.
0: Yep. And the river is rising. I don't remember what the crest date was, but I want to say it was 57 was the, the, um, I guess the height of it or whatever you call it. But, um, but seepage water is, is out there. So that's also another issue keeping us out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, rivers. I think it, and I had heard or seen something report earlier it was going to fall fast, but I don't know if that's true or not because it they they moved the crest date back and it's higher than it originally intended. So
0: I think you're right. I think somebody, whoever I was talking to, they were talking about it's supposed to fall really fast, but that I mean, right now the snow hasn't melted and all that. And if we catch Mm -hmm. another big rain
3: event,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's um. I don't know. Rivers, rivers, an issue we have to deal with every year. But when you yeah. take it plus the coronavirus and all that, it's just it's it's getting to be a little much here.
0: We yeah. need some good
2: news. We need some Fair good. Like news. It. While we talk about planting, for I forget it, Dennis. I'd like to just throw a thank you out to my corn producer that's planting my corn trial in Madison today. Volunteered to handle it by himself in his hands without me even having to come down there. I- even though I begged him to let me come, he said, "No, you just—we got you covered. Don't worry about it." So I want to say a thank you to him. Well, that's good. That's uh, that's a good cooperator, and uh,
1: and he understands what we're doing, and understand, and he understands the, I guess, the
2: significance of sheltering in place. Yeah, he said, and I don't mean this wrong. He said, but my wife's told me to stay away from as many folks as I can. <laughs> so you just stay where you at. We got you covered. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Martin, lady.
1: yeah it's it's what we got to do we got to pay attention i see they're talking about making everybody wear a mask if you go out in public even some kind of cloth mask uh i talked to my sister-in-law in in connecticut this morning and uh she's she's an hour outside new york city and she had go she said if she goes out to the grocery store or whatever she wears a a thick scarf you know Uh, she didn't have a mask she had a thick scarf to wear what else? What we got this week, Kylie? This this is, I think this is, you got something different for us this week.
0: Yeah, I do. Um been getting a lot of gardening questions. A lot of people first time gardening, uh, plant and vegetable gardens, I guess, you know, with food shortage and not wanting to go out to the grocery store. We're getting a lot of questions on just growing, and growing a garden. Um, so i have a conversation. Coming up next, we have a conversation with Dr. Kiki Fontenot, the vegetable specialist, and um, Dr. Heather Kurt ballard She's gonna talk about some plant suggestions for, um, if you, I guess a lot of people are having to do a lot of honeydews right now if you're mm-hmm. stuck at home. So if you're having to work in your landscape, he's, she's gonna talk about what um, are some good plants to shop for in the nurseries. And um, I guess we'll get into that conversation next.
2: Okay. Hey, Kylie, just before you go into that, it was ironic. I had, I had to go by the hard, little hardware store the other day to get a pipe fitting because of a broke water line, one of those mm. necessities that came along. And yep. the guy in there said he was amazing at the folks that were planting a garden this year, young folks that had never planted one before.
0: Yeah, I was on the phone with someone yesterday and they said all the vegetables were sold out in all the nurseries around here. So, I mean, there's a there's a high demand for it. And, you know, I, I hope we can get our hands on some myself. I haven't I usually don't plant this early because, well, say it lightly, somebody's going to drift on my garden and kill it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I try Ooh. to say after Ooh. after a lot of the burndown's been put out, not saying my husband, I'm just saying it's out there. But uh, but yeah. So I try to stay after, after uh, sometime the end of April before I start trying to do anything.
2: But I'll be honest, that's, I can't get in mine. It keeps raining and staying wet. But yeah. I'm, other than just boredom, I'm not really worried because what you said. Yep. the yep. drift. It's just there. It's gonna happen. And tomatoes. sensitive beans and stuff I wouldn't be worried about. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, She's gonna answer some questions on um, just pollination you know cross pollinating if you can plant your uh, zucchinis and squashes in the same bed and stuff like that so she she gives a good she goes into good detail on some how-tos in gardening.
1: We'll get to it then.
0: Kylie Miller here, and today I'm joined over the phone with Heather Kurt Ballard and Kiki Fontenot. Um, Kiki, you've been on our podcast before, uh, so welcome back. But Heather, this is your first time being on our podcast, so we welcome you here, and we're glad to have you um, talk to our listeners this morning. Um, Today I want to talk about gardening, kind of, you know, dealing with the coronavirus. We have a lot of first-time gardeners. and there's, not a, and there's a lot of restrictions on what we're kind of able to do as far as going to nurseries and lows and places like that. Um, do y'all have any advice for people getting started gardening? Um, we'll start with you, Kiki, when we talk about vegetables. Um, what are some of the ideas or things that, you know, we can do as far as getting out in the yard working while we're home?
4: Well, sure, Kylie. I mean, this is tricky. I think this is, um, you know, unfortunately a bad time for human health, but a good time for the garden, right? And if we can't socially interact with one another, we might as well get out in the yards and get a little exercise and vitamin D from the sun and keep ourselves healthy that way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing when you're gardening and you're new and you're beginning to vegetables is really just concentrate on those crops that are a little bit easier to start with, right? Mm-hmm. So... When you think about vegetables, stuff like a tomato and a bell pepper, they're going to be a little bit more susceptible to diseases. You're going to have to stake them. There's some pruning involved with tomatoes. So I would say that's a little more challenging if you've never done it before. It's not saying a new gardener can't, but, you know, things like cucumbers... They're pretty easy, right? Mm Um melons are pretty easy. Uh uh cantaloupe, watermelon, things like that might be a little bit easier just to get started. And I'm saying that because you can buy the seed You know from the store get some out of your refrigerator wherever you've been keeping them and direct seed them into the ground Mm -hmm. whereas tomatoes and peppers you probably at this point want to go ahead and buy a transplant because starting the seed is a little bit late unless you're going to start seed for heat sets and that's going into the fall garden so i would say um you know start with some cucumber seeds and right now, you can plant them into the garden. Just plant the seed about not no more than half an inch deep. Keep it watered until it comes up. And um, as soon as it comes up, Kylie, you're going to see the first, um, what people think of as the first two leaves. They're the cotyledon leaves. They're those two opposite leaves, mm-hmm. right? But it's not until that third leaf comes up. That's what we actually call our first true leaf. That's when you start fertilizing it. So other than that, I think people have a really – Easy time growing growing cucumbers right now. Now, if you go to the nursery and you buy a tomato plant or a bell pepper plant or an eggplant or cucumber plants or any of these plants, that's a real easy way to start too, rather than trying to start your own seed and grow your own transplants out. So, I think you could do you could do well with most things.
0: Yeah. Um. So, what did you know? Sticking with the vegetables right now. Um. What are some of your favorite varieties? Because I know we get a lot of questions all the time. Um, You know, Kylie, what's your favorite tomato variety? And I used to plant Uh a lot of Cristas and Amelia's. I like Uh anything with some, you know, resistance to disease or anything like that. Um, What are some of your favorite tomato varieties? I know that that's going to be the number one question I get this spring. Sure, sure. So I think, okay, so I
4: have three in mind that um, I really like. Um, the first one, if you're looking for, like, a standard-sized tomato that's just a slicer, right, like a good sandwich tomato, mm-hmm. then Bella Rosa. I love Bella Rosa because it's good size, it's a good producer, it's resistant to tomato-spotted wilt virus, and it's heat set. So let's say you're listening to this podcast a month after we put it out, right? Today mm-hmm. is what? April 1st. April 1st. So say, say you're listening to this podcast now or in May or even in late June or late July, Bella Rosa is still going to be a good tomato for you because you can grow it in the spring and you can grow it as a fall tomato because it has some heat tolerance. So it's a perfect tomato, you know, I think. And then if you're looking more for cherry tomatoes, you have got things like sun gold, which is actually a yellow tomato, and it's super tasty, and I think one or two plants would feed a family of four all season long because they're so prolific, Mm -hmm. and then there's another one we have called chocolate sprinkles. Chocolate sprinkles, if I remember correctly, is an all-American selection winner, which means not only does it do well here in Louisiana, but it does well, you know, throughout the United States, but chocolate sprinkles, Kylie, is going to be this kind of more like like a almost maroon colored uh cherry tomato it has a little point on the end mm-hmm. again very prolific but when it's ripening it never loses some of the green that's why they call it sprinkles so it's kind of maroon with these green little polka dots or sprinkles I if you will that on the makes side. a
0: beautiful almost salad
4: it is beautiful it is if you would mix sun gold and chocolate sprinkles together in bella it would be gorgeous but um that one if you can find a transplant of that too Again, it's going to be easy to grow and that kind of thing. Now, when you're growing those sun golds and the chocolate sprinkles and a lot of your cherries, remember, those are indeterminate tomatoes. So you're going to need huge, tall, tall stakes for them. Or, like, don't get a really small um, tomato cage. You want to get, like, a, one of the jumbo-sized tomato cages because they can easily get, you know, six feet tall, no problem.
0: Good advice. Well, that's always yeah, and, the number one question I get every year is yeah, what's your favorite yeah. tomato varieties?
4: And then I think a lot of home gardeners, too, especially, um, you know, new to the to trade. You might go to the nursery and, and you know, we were talking. Well, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but a lot of nurseries right now, you have to call in and, and order your plants ahead right. of time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we go in. You get um, you get excited. You see all these different varieties, and, and instead of buying like one or two tomato plants, you come home with ten, you know, or twelve. <laughs> you DLP, buy
0: DLP. packs
4: of them. <laughs> yes. And so make sure for the new gardeners, for the old gardeners, for gardeners in between, that your um, tomato plants are 18 inches apart, okay? Because if they're not, you're just gonna be struggling all season long. They're gonna compete for sunlight, water, space, and you're gonna set up the ideal habitat for insects and disease to just flourish. So make sure they're 18 inches apart. Okay. Minimum, that's what I like, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Heather, uh, let's, let's visit with you for just a second. I know there's a lot of guys out there right now doing a lot of honeydew projects in the landscape. Um, If you would, can you give anybody any kind of advice on maybe some plant selections on, you know, what would look great in their landscape this summer?
3: Yeah, sure. So I always like to talk about super plants when I talk uh, about what selections you should make because those have been um, trialed at the research stations, and approved by the industry. And so, um, you know, it's kind of a partnership between LSU and the green industry to provide plants that perform well all across Louisiana, from North Louisiana to South Louisiana. And so, whenever you go to the nurseries, um, ask for super plants. And this year, our spring and summer selections um, that'll do great right now, are the flamethrower coleus series, just gorgeous coleus that'll add uh, color to your landscape. It's, um, they come in all sorts of, um, you know, fiery colors. That's why they're called flamethrowers. Mm-hmm. So they're burgundies, uh, they have some lime or chartreuse colors, uh, reds, and there's a lot of different foliage, um, Variations so it just adds some texture to your landscape. So I like to recommend those, and then also, um, this year we have a Penta series. Um, name is escaping me because last year we had a Penta series as well. Is it the butterfly series? Um, One of those, the butterfly. Oh my goodness, it just escaped me. Hold on. <laughs> well, it's on the website. Yeah. Um, so if you go to the LSU Ag Center website and you go to our um, Super Plants page, there should be an updated list. Not all of them have been updated, but I think that they have listed those. And you can definitely find them in our, um, uh, Dr. Jeb Fields will always release have a news release and he's already done that for this year for those two spring and summer um, releases so that's the pentas and the um, coleus thrower series and, and I'll that'll come back to me here in a minute I got my computer in front of me and I'll try to figure that out yeah but anything anything that um that is labeled a Louisiana super plant is going to be an excellent performer for the landscape
0: yeah well um but, go ahead
3: We also have, you know, just our traditional plants that we use every year. You know, petunias um, do well in the spring, and we have violas, and it depends. Do you want something that's going to last year-round, and you're going to go with perennials. And if you want something that you can change out the color um, and, and change up the garden, we like to use annuals because annuals, you know, bring color immediately gratification, which we love in this world these days, mm-hmm. um, get you some annuals. And anything that they have in the nurseries right now will typically be um what you can use for this season.
0: Right. Um I usually try to recommend a like a lot of like I guess the term would be hardscape, you know, things like that's gonna look good all year round, even if it's you know not flowering you still have something green and one of my favorite ones right now that i'm loving is that drift rose um and they come in a lot of different colors and i mean i've actually had snow in my yard and drift roses at the same time blooming um absolutely those yeah. those things are beautiful right now i've never been too much of a fan of the knockouts but the drift roses they they just look beautiful they're low maintenance and um yeah they look great
4: Yep. Hey, Kylie Heather, I'm standing in my yard right now while we're uh, doing this podcast, and speaking of roses, I'm looking, I have a Peggy Martin, and I know um, Heather's neighbors have some Peggy Martins as well, and if you're a new or novice beginning gardener, that's another rose you can't kill right there, because <laughs> it's just... I mean, it is tough. It's famous for withstanding the Hurricane Katrina, you know, uh, storm when all the oak trees and everything else around it died. But that that rose was still standing. And uh, the only problem with that one is you have to have a big sturdy trellis or a fence to put it on because it's so big and so robust. It'll take down any little dinky fence he may
0: have <laughs> i wish i had somewhere to put one of those the pictures online have been just beautiful right now i'm jealous of everyone
3: <laughs> and they're they're very easy to propagate man you can just take a cutting of that put it in water for a little while induce root formation and then you can just plant that puppy it is a hardy plant now i remembered that the name of the penta it's called lucky star okay Think of madonna you know her old song from the 1980s lucky star lucky star pins us okay
0: (laughs) well well, kiki let's um let's visit again on varieties um you had mentioned watermelons and i know we've done watermelon research up in st joe a couple times and um let's talk about some watermelon varieties do you have any suggestions for shoppers right now
4: I do. I do. You know, it's um, some of the selections that we always try to look at, Kylie, we're ordering online from Burpees and Twilly and Totally Tomato and, you know, all those kind of places. So online shopping is still available, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you guys can still order seeds and plants and get all this stuff in, uh, no problem. When you're going to your local nurseries, and it just depends, we have some nurseries in Louisiana that, you know, have tons of different varieties and they really keep a good stock in and some nurseries are just going to kind of keep the standards in stock you know so if you're just looking to make that online phone or you know make the phone call to the local guy and go pick something up I don't think you're going to go wrong with sugar babies especially in the home garden sugar babies Kylie they don't have um stripes you know they're just they're kind of like the small personal size melons about six, eight pounds each, maybe up to ten pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're round, they're not oval, and they're dark, dark green skin on the outside. But um, I always I always joke around that um, when I was pregnant with my first child, Jacob, my garden started looking like just trash you know (laughs) because bigger and bigger and bending over to thicken weeds was no longer an option Uh but my bigger baby melons were like outstanding you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. they did so well and so i think they're really a tough plant they can handle a lot with watermelons the key is really keeping the weeds out just to get them germinated and until they run after that if you've got weeds in your watermelon patch not a problem because they actually help shade some of the melons and prevent sunburn so it's not as big of a deal okay. um as like maybe in other um uh, as in other vegetable crops but um if you can find sugar baby that's going to be great um if you can find um the uh starbrights they're really nice you know striped oblong shaped melon tastes really good there's another one called sangria and beautiful melon on the inside again it's going to be like a 20 pound or so melon so a little bit bigger than the sugar babies uh delicious tasting um you know so those those will probably be some of my favorites we have one called crimson crunch one called millionaire those are both seedless So, Kylie, if anybody's thinking about planting seedless watermelons this spring Mm -hmm. uh, in the home or you've never done it before, you've also got to mix in a watermelon with seeds, okay? Because the seedless watermelons, their pollen isn't very uh, strong, doesn't produce a lot of pollen on those plants, so we always have to put pollinator plants in with them. And usually people think, oh, I'll just plant my zinnias or my sunflowers, but no, no, no. That helps bring the, you know, attracts the pollinators. But you also need other watermelon crops out there, different varieties to, like, that are producing a lot more pollen that help get those melons, you know, fully pollinated so that you actually make fruit. So, <clears throat> you know, if you can go out and you can buy specialized pollinizer watermelons, but that's not always necessary. If you just put in a traditional watermelon with them, mm-hmm. then that'll actually produce a lot of pollen, too, and help get those seedless watermelons pollinated which sounds crazy and you know i don't want people to think that their seedless watermelons are going to start having seeds and they won't you know but um but you need another good source of good pollen out there if you choose some of the seedless varieties
0: yeah well that brings up a really good question too because we always get the question of you know cross-pollinating can i plant my mm-hmm. squash and my zucchini or you know cucumbers or whatever all together are they gonna cross-pollinate and get going to get some funky stuff you know can you go into detail maybe a little bit or build on explaining why that you can do that
4: yeah yeah that's not a problem so okay yes they are going to cross-pollinate right because Mm -hmm. the bees are going to go from whatever random flower or plant you have in your garden to the next and as a home gardener you know it's not like we have an acre of squash and then an acre of cucumbers you know what I mean and an acre of something else it's like Three squash, one cucumber, two eggplants, and a tomato. Whatever your home garden looks like, you know. So <clears throat> when when they're mixing, when the bees are going and transferring pollen from one flower to the to another, cross pollination occurs. But when you're looking at your squash or your cucumber, the fruit that forms on that plant is always going to look like the mother plant. So let's say you have um, a crook squash next to a straight neck squash. The crookneck plant is only going to make crookneck squash this year, and the straightneck plant is only going to make straightneck squash, all right? But the seeds inside those fruit, um, Kylie, that's what contains the genetics of both now the crookneck and the straightneck. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So, like, the fruit is still going to look like the mother plant that season. But if you save those seeds from the crook and the straight neck squash out of your garden and you had them planted side by side, you may get a squiggle neck. I'm just joking. But you know (laughs) what I mean? I don't know what you're going to get. Like, the next year when you save those seeds and plant those, they now have 50%, or they could, right, potentially, Mm -hmm. depending on how much pollen or where the bees are moving the pollen from, they have the potential of having different genetics in them same with peppers you know how people often say oh my peppers are hotter because i planted my bell peppers next to my yep, jalapenos yep I've
0: heard that well, a thousand times yep
4: exactly well the seed has the genetics and the bell pepper if you were to save that bell pepper next to the jalapenos the seed out of that bell pepper that bell pepper is still going to look like a bell pepper the jalapeno is still going to look like a jalapeno but if you save the seeds out of the bell pepper next year your peppers might be a little hotter out of the jalapeno next year those might be a little sweeter. Does that make sense? Yes. Because it's the seed where the genetics has changed. Now, a lot of people think the seed makes the pepper hot. You know when you're cutting and you're cooking your peppers and you try to scrape all the seeds out? Yes, they have a little pungency to them, but most of that is actually in that white inner flesh. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you cut a bell pepper open, Mm -hmm. you've got your green or your red or your orange, whatever color your bell pepper is, you know that little bit of white interior flesh? Mm Mm-hmm that part right there has a lot of heat to it so if you're worried about the heat make sure you cut out the white part on the inside okay and try to remove it you know as many of the seeds as possible because that's what or leave it in if you like it a little spicier right you know that's where a lot of the heat is actually contained in peppers so yes and no now kylie Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, right? So, when we're talking about cross pollination, we don't have to worry too much about tomatoes and bell peppers and, and eggplant and, and even cucumbers and squash and all that kind of stuff. If you're not saving your seeds, just plant, you know, go wild. Okay. But if you're planting, say, sweet corn or beans, right? Mm-hmm. Then you need to worry about cross pollination because what are you eating? You're eating the seed, right? Right. So let's say in your garden, you plant some silver Queen's corn, which is white, right, or silver, however you want to call it. And then you plant some incredible next to it, which I happen to love because that's a good yellow sweet corn. Okay, and you plant them on the same day. They're going to come up. They're going to start growing. They're going to start tasseling. The pollen's going to start dropping. And corn is wind pollinated. So when that pollen blows all over, right, Mm -hmm. and you've got we, uh, I'm sorry, Silver Queen next to Incredible, the corn kernels on those cobs are going to appear different. You might have, when it comes up, um, corn cobs that are not solid yellow or solid silver. They may come up bicolor. Does mm-hmm. that make sense to you?
3: Oh, yeah. Because
4: that is the seed. You, are, you know, the seed has the genetics in it, right? Mm-hmm. And the kernel itself, right? Does that make sense? Kind of, you can see how that could happen there. Oh, yeah. That's, so you, yeah. The differences in your corn. Same with your beans, you know. In some beans, are self. They a lot of these plants, you don't have to worry too much about. Corn is one you have to worry because the wind pollinates it. But like when you're thinking about your tomatoes and your bell peppers, a lot of times they're just accepting their own pollen because it just takes a little shake and they pollinate themselves. You know, mm-hmm. if a bee's moving stuff around, then you may get a little bit of weirdness. But most of the time, it's the same. You know crosses or whatever mm-hmm. so but long story short your beans are kind of like your corn the seed the actual seed color could be a little different if you
3: mix a whole bunch of varieties together yeah Does
0: that well, makes sense oh yeah the that's. Seed. i'm glad you touched on that because that's a question yeah. we get a lot of time and at least every garden visit you know someone's going to bring that up or i've seen some people who save seed and and, and don't know what they've got you know yeah um, and and grown some kind of funky stuff but um you know that's i'm glad you built on that um Last thing I'm going to ask you, to go <laughs> okay. ahead.
4: Well, I was going to say, saving seed is great. It's, it's fun and it's interesting. And, you know, you never know if, if you're saving from hybrids, you never know what you're going to get the next year. If you had a bunch of different varieties, you never know what you're going to get the next year. Sometimes they'll make fruit. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes the fruit's crazy. But I will I will say I don't have anything against people saving their own seed. I think it's a, a neat, you know, yeah. neat thing to do. But if, like, say you're growing, um, a lot of people save the seed from their lettuce or their peas, um, easier crops to kind of get the seed out of. If you're saving seed from any crop and you notice there's a lot of virus in that crop, so the top growth is coming out distorted. It's kind of crinkly or weird or spaced really close together. It just doesn't look right. You don't want to save seed from those plants because virus can can carry over in seed. So only save seed out of plants that look good and healthy does that make
0: sense yeah that's thank you for bringing that point up that's that's because that that is going to give you a lot of extra issue that you don't really want to start off on foot. so exactly all right well last thing I want to ask you real quick and this is more for personal question too because I've been doing it this week sweet corn varieties do you have any favorites we like Bodacious, and uh, Ambrosia, I think, is the other one that I like up here. And I know G90 is a popular one in this area. Um, do you have any other suggestions?
4: Sure. You've also got um, uh, Incredible, which I just yeah. said, uh, which is a nice yellow sweet corn. Okay, you said Ambrosia. I love Ambrosia. Um, a lot of people are um, uh, like peaches and cream, so that's really
0: fun to Does grow. Does that one taste like? peaches and cream or does it just look
3: no, <laughs>
4: it just looks like it, it
3: cool taste
0: like
4: it. i wish it tasted like it um, <laughs> but no it's got a, a nice flavor to it you know and uh, and uh, let's see what else um you know what's popular nowadays kylie i mean you know the corns most corns are going to do well here oh yeah but uh, what a lot of um a lot of you know, kind of, I guess you would say, younger, like okay, let's say like twenty-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, early forties or so. They're starting to get into growing their own popcorn, and we can grow popcorn corn here in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not something you would want to plant right next to your sweet corn, you know, because that's going to really mess things up. But if you wanted to try some of the popcorn seed, that cool. would be perfectly fine. And and there's like ones called like mini blue or strawberry, and um, they're smaller. Not all of popcorn but some of the popcorn um pops you know are going to be smaller statured some are going to be normal size but um it's a neat it's another neat popcorn or or, you know type of corn to grow out in the garden
0: that's interesting i I mean i knew we could grow popcorn here because i've seen it on like some of the usda printout sheets you know Mm -hmm. such but i i never thought about growing some in the garden that would be a fun project if you have kids And to kind of, I guess, show them where your food comes from. Um, yeah, if, if you're home pop, with kids.
4: popcorn would be cool. Now, if you want to do popcorn and sweet corn in the same garden, what I, I'm going to encourage the listeners to really um, watch their planting dates. So, let's say you plant your popcorn, you get all excited, you go to the store today and you buy some. Now, it's not popcorn seed in the bags, like the microwave bags and all that. I don't think those are going to do it. I wouldn't go get that. But like, you know, say you go to this store, the hardware store, and you get you some popcorn seed, okay? Go ahead and plant that or plant your sweet corn. But then I want you to wait three weeks, all right, and then plant your sweet corn or your popcorn. You see what I'm saying? Right. Wait three Alternate. weeks in between. Yeah, give because it what we're apologize. trying to do yeah, we're trying to get them to tassel at different times, mm-hmm. so at least when they're shedding pollen, they're not shedding pollen onto receptive um, silks. Okay. You see what I mean? Yeah. I just want to I space it out with time. That's because you can't space it out. You don't have a quart, most people don't have a quarter acre, you know, space between their gardens
0: right
3: Mm -hmm. well (laughs) some people do yeah some people people do. yeah
4: if you got a quarter I think it's if you have a quarter acre you can plant on the same day you know the wind is gonna you know I mean the wind will go that far but you'll have less chance of cross-pollination but you know if you're a typical home gardener just space with time you know that's gonna help you out
0: okay well um guys we've been on here for 25 minutes now I think we're probably a good place to end um I appreciate y'all coming on and and helping everybody out with their gardening questions and landscape questions because I know you know what else can you do if you if you're stuck at home so um, I appreciate y'all joining us today and um, hopefully I can get y'all back on sometime else this summer all
3: right sounds good
0: thanks for having us thank y'all stay safe bye.
1: Hey, that's pretty good information. Very good. Very timely. I, uh, I've i got plants in the greenhouse. We was kind of waiting for this last night or two. It was kind of cool and going to probably plant them this weekend. Uh,
2: you know, it is amazing. Uh, like we said about the young folks coming back, planting gardens, kind of folks in a little bit of survival mode. And what's that old country song that we all, I kind of forgot who sang it, about a country boy can survive?
0: country oh, boy can survive. That's yep. right.
2: Where we're at. Looks like Dennis is back with us now, Dennis. Oh, was that me froze or you froze? That's you. That was you, me. Oh well, (laughs) oh well, I can't ever tell. All
1: right, well, uh,
0: let's talk about the virtual field day.
1: Okay, tell us about the virtual field day, RL. What's coming up?
2: Well, we got uh, the wheat note field day scheduled for April twenty third. Am I think I'm right on that date? It is. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, April twenty third. Due to the coronavirus, we're not going to be able to actually have the field day as a traditional field day. Let's put it that way, but we will, we're going to do a virtual field day. Uh, We were hoping to be able to have the field day and still uh, just, you know, do it live, do a live broadcast of it. But now with the 10 people maximum in a group, we've decided to film each individual presenter and we will be putting that up on our YouTube channel on the 23rd. So we will, like I've seen another state, see what you missed by not being here that day, you know, is a a good way to look at it. We're, we're still doing our job. We're still having field days. We're still doing research. We're still, you know, assisting people and we're just having to look at new ways to do it. Uh, And with technology, it's really gotten fairly simple. So Dennis is him and the producers. Uh, you're contacting some of them, Kylie, and lining some of that up, uh, uh, working on some scripts. I'm editing and putting them out uh, for proofing by the team, and we're going to have it ready to go with an entomology, diseases, uh, variety wheat trial. Everything you would have seen that day at the field day will be on our YouTube channel on the 23rd so be paying attention be looking and we'll be sending out some more reminders of it so yes yeah. and there are uh, all
0: from the conference the planner huh
2: that's it and that's Louisiana Delta Crop
1: video that's our YouTube channel on Louisiana Delta Crop YouTube that's our YouTube channel we got some more on there and if you watch the whole series last summer you can watch golly go from a little pregnant to a whole lot of pregnant <laughs> you kind of went through that last
2: Yeah, year. We need to get her back on there. We need to film her again when she's,
1: you know, afterwards.
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs> the after effect. The after. So. Yeah. Well, She may wait, may want to wait a little bit longer till she has a chance to. <laughs> I don't know. Change change in a positive direction. Let's put it that way.
0: Chronication ain't helping in that department. I need to be getting out right. Doing
2: I told Dennis yesterday this this is not doing anything good for my weight loss. It's yeah. not. No, it's. Uh, I need to be getting to
0: out and doing something, but I can't.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just too easy to walk by and grab a yep. something off the to eat. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is.
1: It's, it's too convenient. Well, I mean, it is, it's too easy, but we'll, we'll eventually we'll be back out. We hope, and uh, we hope we'll be in the field making some videos and some doing some stuff in the field. The idea is we will have it on a playlist where you can watch the first, you can pick and choose if you want to watch, or you can just watch them one right after the other. We still need though, like say people to send us, send us pictures, what's going on, emails text, anything, just let us know so we can keep keep everybody involved and informed as to what's happening.
0: Yeah, send us an email if you have any questions, text, message, whatever, call. Um, We're working. Stay in touch, and uh, we're here to help you if we can.
3: Hi, listeners. This is Cameron Price from the Northeast Region for LSU Ag. Please
4: go check out our social media on Instagram and Facebook to see content from the Northeast region. On Instagram, we have a story each week, and we also have a new upcoming blog. For informational posts about agriculture, health, and much, much more, follow us
3: on Instagram and Facebook at LSU Ag Center Northeast Region.
1: Be safe. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer.